It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Tyrod Taylor in the shotgun. Third and nine. Taylor calling for the football, gets the snap, back he goes, he pumps, and he's sacked! He's sacked! Fletcher Cox dumps him back at the 22. We have made ourselves to episode number 178 of the BGN Radio Podcast. We want to thank everyone for tuning in. And, of course, we noticed uh, all of the new subscribers that came in after a big announcement that we're heading to WIP. So for those of you, uh, for those of you rather, that are new, welcome aboard. Uh, we promise uh, insight, dick jokes, and cursing pretty much that's what happens on this podcast if you're new to it so uh i want to thank everybody for getting uh on board and of course everyone that has been with us listening on soundcloud itunes stitcher google play listening into your from your mother's bathroom wherever you are we really appreciate all the feedback and of course the five-star reviews uh and the uh, go a long way that's how we get to do all this awesome crazy stuff james seltzer what are you still doing here John, uh, I'm like the Brent Selleck of this podcast right now. I, you, what happens is, right, Chip comes in, he drafts Zach Ertz, everyone's like, Selleck, he's gone, there's no place for him. But yet, 
Selleck gets even more playing time. Then the <laughs> next year, they think Selleck's gone. What is it? Starting again. Then this year, it's like, ah, Doug Peterson's in. Selleck's going to be gone. There's no space room on this team. It's Ertz's year. And then the word starts coming out that Selleck looks great, not just as a blocker, but as a receiver. And he's going to play more than expected. John, I, 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 I'm the Brent Selleck right now. I'm like a there cockroach. You can't get rid of me. No matter how hard you try. Are you also going under as a undercover as a Wawa employee to see if anybody recognizes you? By the way, do you, you happen to see that? John, you you blew my cover, dude. Like what? <laughs> what the fuck? Now I can't do this, right? I'm just gonna have to do you know cursing and dick jokes now. Thanks uh, speak, a lot, John. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking oh, cool. of not being able to do this, shout out to our non-sponsor Rite Aid for destroying our power <laughs> and and basically having uh having to have us re-record this thing which is ends up being okay because uh, there's a couple other news tidbits that we will get to eagles wise uh jason lock and four reporting that there is some interest in doing a tight end for linebacker swap the eagles have been i guess in discussions with that uh, that really doesn't make sense to me we'll get into that a little later because james hey i don't know if you've heard this by now or not but lane johnson's an idiot uh, and there is a 10-game suspension kind of looming for PED use, which more or less, I, I understand where, where people were trying to come from. It seemed like we were building to a pretty decent place as far as excitement about this season, even if you had your doubts. Like, you know, we're we're still unsure about Carson Wentz. We're still unsure about Jason Peters' health long-term. Sure, there's the wide receiving core isn't great. What's going on with the linebacker depth? It's okay because we're, we're going to see this thing kind of take off tomorrow night on Thursdays recording this here on Wednesday morning and, and this kind of just airs out the balloon of, of everybody and you're noticing it across the blogs Twitter sports radio just kind of everywhere of and it, it just goes to show like how important Lane Johnson is not only for short term but long term here too so now you're wondering well there wasn't really that much depth there to begin with and now now you're starting to talk about you know the rookies coming in here, trying to trying to come in. You're talking about the rise of Matt Tobin, and <laughs> and, and once again, uh, Electric Boogaloo Part Two. What's your takeaway from this uh, thus far, James? Well, other than feeling so happy for you, John, that Matt Tobin, you know, you're still you're, here. Yes, uh, <laughs> outside of my excitement for you, John. Um, I really have one really big, strong takeaway from this is Lane Johnson is a fucking moron, okay? <laughs> How? I, I, I mean, okay, first of all, just to get caught, period, like they... Uh, we've heard enough about how this kind of stuff goes. In the, it very, very rarely are these guys caught off guard by tests. They usually know when they're coming, especially at this time of year. They, they know that they are coming. Um, and, and for someone like Lane, who uh, already has the one you know, PD suspension now facing 10 and, and even as a bigger thing, like personally, and I think we'll get into kind of where we're at with this team right now, uh, heading into this season. But, um, I think, you know, I've, I've not had high hopes nor much excitement outside of seeing, a. A, a certain ginger-haired fella get on the field at some point. Um, I don't have a ton of excitement other than maybe some defensive pumped and all that, but I'm not I'm not expecting Super Bowl this year or anything, but um, I'm much more worried about this from the fact that that next suspension, if he gets one, is two freaking years, John. I mean, we're talking yeah. about the guy, and, and granted, yes, it would void contract and all that. I'm not worried about the money committed, I'm worried about the fact that the Eagles said, hey, we're going to give you 60-whatever million dollars because you are clearly our left tackle of the future. 
And this guy is one dirty piss test away, likely, from missing two years OJ Mayo style. I mean, I'm just like, I'm like, I can't, I can't, I, I'll give you, I'll, I'll end it with this, John. I, I was talking to a buddy of mine, actually an Eagles beat writer yesterday, and I was trying to, to explain uh, how I felt about Lane Johnson, and I wanted to say this guy is dumber than my dogs, and I couldn't do it because <laughs> there's no way my dogs are dumber than Lane Johnson, John. That's how I feel about it. Especially Rube. I mean, Rube is way smarter. He, he, he could he could do chemistry or, or rocket science or something compared to Lane. Yeah, and this whole thing and just how I, I mean that all all the things aside you said there, James. Like how this thing kind of went from where it got reported from. And look, all all due credit to Darren DeGatano because I mean a lot of times we know this as Eagles fans, and if you're on Eagles Twitter a lot, like he is so more missed than he is hit. <laughs> you know that for a fact, you know, like, it's just like, okay, yeah, he had some Deshaun stuff that he was kind of early on <laughs> along with Jimmy Kemsky. And that was really the last accurate thing that he reported. So immediately everybody goes, come on, man, there's no way. Like, uh, I, I even started getting into it too. It's just like, there's the timing doesn't make sense. Like the, the week before the week of the preseason game, that just doesn't work out. That the, the, the timing's not right. This would already been declared that, like, hey, you know, somewhere in public, he's appealing a possible PED suspension. There's no way anybody would let that go. And and he's the guy that suddenly gets it. And then thereafter, well, there's Howard Eskin saying, yo, no, this is true. And then Ian Rappaport comes banging right in and goes, yep, yep, this thing's happening. And you're just saying, like, how the hell did this piece of information Get into Darren's hands. How is he the guy? Who the fuck is leaking it to this guy? You know, and and I'm not trying to take it away. I'll do credit to him. Like that is that, that's a great story to be on. But it, it's just weird to me, especially for a guy that like doesn't doesn't write. You know, he's it doesn't he's not a blogger. He's not trying to break news. Not on the radio much, at least not that I know of. So it, it just kind of it stemmed out of this weird thing, and now it's. Now it's now it's here. Now look, there are some. I mean, there's a, a very, very small chance that he does kind of win this appeal here. I mean, the odds are kind of against him. I've heard some things where you know there there might be a, a good chance that he wins this thing. I still have severe doubts that that's going to happen here. But just on top of that, James, like who the how the hell did this get out the way it did? Why wasn't this on? Ian Rappaport's radar or uh, Garofolo or anybody that covers the NFL nationally. Why wasn't this kept a, a secret? And, and more or less, I mean, did the Eagles, did the Eagles know about it? Cause it didn't seem like they did. Yeah. John, great questions all around. Let me, let me kind of take them one by one. And I'll start with the last one you asked there. I, I don't know. Uh, I agree that the appearance seems like the Eagles didn't know about it, but if they didn't, then fuck. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I, I hope to God that whether it's Dom or whether it's any other of the PIs or whatever, former FBI or whoever they have on, on contract, because I guarantee you every single NFL team and the NFL itself has lots of people like that working for them. Um, and, and Dom is a guy who can get things done and figure things out. Uh, if they had no idea this was coming, and if Lane knew it was coming and didn't alert them, um, I got real, real, real problems with that, but... That's conjecture right now. I mean, we really can't say. We don't know whether they knew or not. But um, looking at the, the the actual way the story broke, as you were talking about, uh, first of all, I have no idea how it gets with Degatano. I mean, that is props to the props to him. But my guess is it's John, and you know uh, a little inside baseball here. But 
I mean, we've had multiple times where our BGN text chain is talking about things before they happen. We just don't feel comfortable rolling with it. Or we have a source yeah. who will tell one of us something, and, but not for public consumption. Um, so I'm guessing it's something like that, where Degatano has a source down there and someone told him something, whether he was supposed to go with it or not, or whether whatever it is that, you know, it was just one of those things that he was willing to take a role with. And, and I think he's been screwed by that in the past by the misses, as you said, and and he got one right. So, um, I, you know, I don't I don't take too much away from it on that perspective. Good for him, but I'm not, you know, I don't think it's anything crazy. I think it's just something that maybe other people weren't quite ready to run with or whatever it is. Um, yeah. I, I think the more interesting part is looking at kind of the, the reaction from Lane and the response to local reporters telling them no. He's, so this guy, after after it comes out with Degatano and then the Bowens and the, the McLeans and the Bermans and all those guys are trying to you know verify this, and, and Lane apparently seems to lie to them and then go to his buddy Jay Glazer to, to put this right out there, which that part, that's fine. Look, him, him and Jay, he works with Jay, you know, he, he works out for him, whatever it is, like, they're friends. No problem with him going to Jay Glazer. That's fine. Why do you fucking lie to the beat report? I don't get John. Can you? I mean, do you have any take on this? Why lie? Why not just not answer your phone or not pick it up? I don't get why you're going this this lying route to the local reporters to only. I mean, doesn't that just make your your everyday living situation here that much more difficult? Well, yeah, and I, I have some some takes on that, and also just kind of further on what I want to do now is actually introduce. Not a new voice to podcasting, especially in the Philadelphia area. Uh, we have brought on John Stolnes, who does a fantastic job over at his Phillies podcast. And if uh, you haven't subscribed to it yet, please go do so now. Uh, same Avenue, SoundCloud, iTunes. I'm sure you can find it. And we always uh, retweet his post in our SoundCloud feed. The Felsky Files is is the best. There is no other Phillies podcast like this one. And John's been in radio for a long time, so uh, you know we all get uh, involved and chat up, and we're happy to have him as a part of the BGN radio crew. Not only do these little snippets, but he's going to be a, a co-host when we can get him on too. Uh, so we're just going to implement some some new things and some new voices. And uh, our, our friend John Stolness right here has a take on Lane Johnson. John, go ahead, pal. Lane Johnson is facing a 10-game suspension after giving the NFL a hot sample, his second positive test for PEDs. The news, first broken by Darren Degatano, was later confirmed after Johnson told Fox Sports' Jay Glazer that he took an amino acid that was approved by the league but tested positive for a peptide. Now look, I don't know the difference between an amino acid and a peptide. I mean, my training regiment usually consists of a Coke Zero and five little chocolate donuts. Glazer says Johnson and the company that makes the supplement are fighting the suspension, but let's be honest about this. The NFL does not overturn PED suspensions. You're responsible for what you put into your body, says the league, and there are almost never any exceptions. As all sides wait for a B sample, there are a couple of issues here. First, what does this mean for the Eagles? Well, a 10-game suspension means Johnson would be back just in time for the playoff run. Just kidding. As a pessimist on the Eagles' chances in 2016, I certainly don't think losing Lane Johnson for 10 games is going to cost the team a playoff spot. And in fact, it could help the Eagles get to the rebuilding mindset they should have been at when the season started. This year, the Eagles' offensive line has a little more depth to it, but if the aging Jason Peters goes down, Sam Bradford could be running for his life for the majority of the season. And it's certainly doubtful the Eagles are going to put Carson Wentz behind an offensive line without Johnson, so it may delay when we see him on the field, even if it does spur the Eagles' rebuild on more quickly. But there is another angle to this, and that is how the story was broken. 
Kudos to Degatano for getting the scoop, but what was more interesting were the denials given by Johnson to Eagles beat reporters as they tried to confirm the story. Basically, they were told there was nothing to see here. In fact, I think he told one reporter that he was asleep at two in the afternoon. Instead, it was Glazer who got confirmation from Johnson that there was a suspension being appealed. Glazer sure does break a lot of news like this. Why? Because he doubles as a personal trainer during the offseason, and many NFL players, including Johnson, work with him. In fact, Glazer is essentially Johnson's employee in this regard, and yet he's also a reporter. Look, the lines on this are a bit blurry in today's new media. Sports reporting is also different than covering the White House or even local government. But something stinks about Glazer getting the scoop rather than Eagles beat reporters who cover the team every day, simply because Glazer is Johnson's personal trainer and friend during the offseason. I mean, this is how Glazer gets his stories. He works hard, but this is a lot of it. He becomes pals with his subjects. Woodward and Bernstein tracking down Watergate scoops and the Boston Globe spotlight, this ain't. I guess if Eagles reporters want to get information from players in the future, they better start working out and getting their personal trainer's licenses as soon as possible. For Bleeding Green Nation, I'm John Stolness. Appreciate it, John. Thank you so much, pal. And this is, and, and to your point, James, when we were saying early before John came on, is not only that, it's just the the, the agent statement that yeah, came out. Like, I'm totally point. on board. Like, I don't understand how, how that kind of worked in between. So the agent then comes out and says, uh, like, hey, uh, this is all kind of hearsay. There's, you know, I'm protecting my client's health. It's all rumored. And you just stop and think of, like, that, that was the statement you went with after... Jake Glazer confirms it directly from your client that, yeah, they're doing this. That's what you come up with. I know there's splitting hairs there because technically he hasn't been suspended, obviously. And a member of the media made a rumor, and then everybody confirmed that rumor and he confirmed it himself. So, like, that was the best you went with. Uh, and I don't know. And, you know, you and John made both points. So we're like, yeah, maybe, maybe you do have to start becoming a personal trainer or, or, or whatever with guys you trust and have a prof- professional relationship. Or like you said, just don't answer the phone. Just yes. don't respond to it and wait yes. for it and then have it. Like it was so mismanaged between like, should I say something? Should I not? No, I'm all good. I was sleeping. I was whatever. Yeah. I, I think, it's, John, it's you know what I think? I, I think a lot of this comes back to, to one thing that I mentioned at the beginning. And I, I think it's the overriding factor for all of this. The reason he, he decided to respond and the reason then he went to Glazer and the reason he messed up with Zayden. Because Lane Johnson is so stupid, you can't even believe it. This guy is so dumb. I, I mean, I think that's yeah. all it comes back to. I think, like, this guy probably panicked when all these people came to him and said one thing, then went to Glazer, then his agent. I mean, I just don't think that Lane Johnson thinks his actions through. And I think that might've been the case, whether, you know, and I'm not going to convict this guy before it happens, but you know, based on, on what we know of the past and, and the way these situations generally uh, unfold, um, it seems like he's very stupid with the way he takes care of what, what he puts in his body as well. And, and all that. So um, I, I just think, you know, Lane's made some really bad decisions, and unfortunately, I think us Eagles fans are the ones who are going to have to uh, pay a part of that price. And I know that we, and I've already seen it around just a bunch of Eagles fans' minds, and I think it's a another valid question here is, well, what is Lane Johnson without the PED use, really? I mean, is he an average right tackle and a bad left tackle? Like, there, the, that starts to go in your head, too, of just like, well, 
Uh, and not only that, I mean, they, they they paid him to be your future oh, left yeah. tackle. Yeah. And just like you said, like his, not only does this affect the Eagles, if he gets caught again, his career's over. Yep. There's no way he's coming back from that. Nobody's going to pick him up um, kind of after that happens. So you're just starting to think now, well, man, the Eagles had holes for a long time. And yes, you can point some of the blame at Chip Kelly for not drafting offensive linemen, even though there probably wasn't that many good prospects to begin with. But I understand uh, and that's that's very true and what they've done to try and do that. And look, they selected the quarterback first, which is not a bad idea ever. Like you have to go and attempt to do all those things. But now it leaves a, a, a serious question on going into next season. Well, now, how are you supposed to kind of build around that? And I think there are still a lot of there's a lot of that hanging up in the air. But it, it, my whole point in this, James. Is this, like I said at the beginning, just points uh, uh, an exclamation point at if you didn't think that this team, and John Snow has pointed this out too when we were just talking back and forth the other day, if you, if you don't think that this team is in a in rebuild mode now, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. You know, like this, this is, you have to take a serious look here at you are really putting all your eggs in a basket for blank countess and Smallwood and a lot of other guys that are coming in here. And I hope they pan out. And look, you have guys like Jalen Mills that are very impressive at camp. You have talks already that he's performing better than Eric Rowe. That's that's a good thing. And even though I'm still reserving on the morality part of Jalen Mills, and I want to make sure that he's grown up a little here. But still, uh, you know, it, 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 we're there, James. And, and, it, and I think it's time for people to wake up to that. Yeah, John. No, I agree. I, I think that's been one of the biggest themes that's been coming out for me and and uh, I've talked about it a fair amount, just the idea that that this dichotomy that exists within this team, the idea that this is a team that is, you know, claiming and and doing a, a lot. Their 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 actions actually try and tell us that that they want to compete this year, that they think they are a competitive, legitimate contender, uh, if nothing else for the division crown and and in their minds, who knows, uh, this season, whereas on the flip side, you go out and you spend a lot of assets and a lot of resources to go up to the second pick in the draft and pick the guy who you think is going to be your franchise quarterback, the guy to carry this team for the next decade into the future to win a Super Bowl, John, which as we all know is what matters. Um, you have to do, every, as soon as you make that decision, the moment, the second, you, have that, you make that decision to go up and get Carson Wentz and you make that trade, you should be... Everything about your organization, top to bottom, should be built and geared towards being great when that kid's ready. And they're not doing that, man. Like, they're not. They're, they're trying to build something that can be good now and then worry about it on a year-to-year basis. And, and it's, it's outrageous, man. They should be out there putting every young guy out there playing and learn. Let Wentz play. You know, John, like, we, we had this argument back and forth. I flung the other way because I originally didn't want to see Wentz right away because, I you know, I thought he needed time. The way this is going, it's, you know, I'd rather be the other way around at this point. I just want to see youth. I want to see the future. I want to I want to get everyone ready so I know who's good and who's not and who's a part of the Carson Wentz future because I couldn't care less about 2016 at this point. I really couldn't, John. And this is where it kind of – and I understand that now, and there's a part of me that's like, well, you don't want to get Wentz killed, and I understand that. But we're also rooting for Sam Bradford to have some form of trade value. So you can't also sell me. I was like, well, you don't want to get Wentz killed and let Bradford take care of that. But then why did you hold on to him again in the first place if it wasn't to be to get or excuse me, to get Wentz ready 
and then you're going to allow that trade asset to get beat to a pulp. You know, so it, it, there's there's a lot of confusing things that are that are happening right now. And listen, all arguments are valid, pro and against. We don't know what's going to happen out of this. Carson Wentz is still the linchpin to this entire thing because if he does succeed and he does come in there early, those depth problems that we always have mask all of that. If you have a, if you really do have a franchise quarterback, we've seen that everywhere. Even Tom Brady's Swiss cheese offensive line got into the AFC championship game and was a touchdown a few seconds away, a grab, a two-point conversion away from heading to the Super Bowl. So we understand that. We understand that a, an Eagles defense can beat Tom Brady to, uh, as we noticed uh, last season too, but there is, I, I just think it, it, it really comes down to him again. We're, we're at where all the discussions that we have about Every little thing, it all just kind of really comes back down to Carson Wentz. And I, and I do believe that you need to find out if this kid has it sooner than later. You really do. And he's going to have to deal with bad offensive lines because I don't know if he's going to have one to start off right away. You know, so there's, again, it's not like, I, I, I'm just confused again on what to root for. I'm still there this week too, especially after this Lane Johnson just now we can all we could do a complete 180 if there's some miracle that Lane Johnson gets a pass here, <laughs> you know, because that it, it but but it, yeah. it, it's insane how much and Patrick mentioned this last week too of how important Lane Johnson is yep. because we went from like okay this could be a pretty pretty entertaining season to losing him and going well rebuild mode, you know. Yeah, and that's that's how important he is for the future. I mean, and and look, even just this season, I mean, you could make the argument that, uh, you know, for this specific season, obviously, outside of of maybe Bradford, uh, you know, Lane Johnson might be the most important offensive player on the team. You know, like he not only is he important, obviously, as your starting right tackle, but as we've discussed over and over and over and over again, uh, Jason Peters is not in the best physical shape and is old and has played a long time. And we saw his body literally just breaking down in the moment on the field last year. I mean, that one in the Washington game, and that was like the third game of the year. He's, he's literally laying on the field and it looked like he was paralyzed. I mean, he couldn't move because his back hurt so bad. So, um, you know, to, to not just have Lane on that right side, but to also not have him to slide over to the left side, the multiple times I would guess that Peters either has to leave a game or miss a game or whatever it is this season. I mean, John, that's a that's a massive, massive hit to this offense's potential for this season, especially considering that that you know you and I especially are are not that high on their offense's potential to begin with um, for the season, John. I, yeah, I don't. I really think that that he's one of the guys that you know if you had to pick you know a handful of guys that you just absolutely cannot lose. And even, you know, like you said, it, I, I didn't think they were going to be competing for anything much this year anyway, but it, it almost just takes away any hope you had for the season whatsoever, even the hope to see progress, because um, we've seen firsthand the last couple of years what a, uh, a beat-up offensive line uh, can do to a team's chances, and uh, to, to start the season off like that would be... Uh, you know, it's just it's a bummer, man. This season sucks so far, John. Yeah, there's I, I, I do. Yeah, I do think there are some here, here's the here's the positive spin. I do think that there is a way to hide some of the offensive line deficiencies with an Andy Reid type of system and a gap blocking system. I do think that there yes. are it, it wouldn't be as bad as we saw as last it was with year. Chip. I think that's fair. But I mean, also, you don't have and, the offensive talent 
to to do anything with it though, right? Sure, I mean, sure. Well, well, we'll have to wait and see. What I I, I don't know really. Like I know. Listen, the big thing is somebody somebody mentioned three tight end sets and then everybody kind of got excited, which is still, you know, they had a, the Chiefs had a lot of su- success with it. And I'll admit that. And there was a lot of good things that you can run out of that. And I think with Trey Burton and Zach Hertz um, and, and Selleck, because they're all kind of, you know, Zach Hertz is starting to get to that Anthony Fasano <laughs> type of age and, and maybe even ability. Uh, but it, it's still for lack of a better term, it's still pretty boring. I mean, you're, you're, you're running a flat, you're running a five-yard sit and maybe a corner out or a seven-yard out or dig, depending on what the situation is, and then, you know, the, the running back's coming out of there. So it, it's effective, and hopefully those things kind of uh, make you forget about Darren Sproles or Kenyon Barner, Ryan Matthews, whoever's going to come out of the backfield here. Um, but we'll have to just see. Again, we don't know what Doug Peterson exactly runs uh, and i think it's going to be a little more scary if it's a it's a really a copy and paste from andy's playbook i hope to see some frank uh, wrinkles or de Filippo wrinkles in there and i'm sure there will be but this is kind of the the thing uh that we want to see the uh, the preseason form before we get into John, a breakdown real quick, uh, just just on that note real quick uh, can schwartz call offensive plays too or <laughs> is that not in the cards no, no okay I, or i guarantee you this that by the defense will have more success than the offense early and by like week five or six you're gonna hear all the phone calls to wip and everywhere else saying no. <laughs> why should why isn't he the the head coach i think you should fire doug and then move him over uh before we get into the the breakdown of what we're wanting to see in this game i want to welcome uh, back in alexis chasson who is going to do uh, a segment here every other week whenever she can the uh, things she doesn't really care about and things that we shouldn't really care about either. And we'll get to her in a second as uh, it has been brought to you by our good sponsor, Clip It. Clip It is, uh, again, I know I say it every time, but it literally is the hottest app that is out there. You can record live television up to 30 seconds in full HD quality, share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter. It's great for blog posts too if you're trying to really nail down something. It is essential for football season for a couple of different reasons. One, for the reasons that I just mentioned. Like, it is live television in the palm of your hand no matter where you're going. James, there's a little bit of a, a sneak here because I get dragged away every now and again to obligations or, you know, shopping, Home Depot. It's a busy Sunday, whatever it is. And I want to check in on fantasy football. Sometimes you're away for Eagles games. You have to be there. It is the stealth way of watching a game right in the palm of your hand. I mean, in 30-second in- increments, but if you got nothing else, like, it is... Very clever, John. It is there, it is free, and it is a must-have. Go check them out. It's for the Android. It's for uh, the Apple Store. It's everywhere. Clipit.tv on the web and also on Twitter at TV. Alexis, take it away here. Things I don't care about this week. Preseason games being meaningless. Look, there's football on my TV this Thursday. It may be preseason, and I may not get to see a lot of starters, but it's still better than the Pro Bowl or Hall of Fame games, even when they aren't getting canceled. Plus, it's a really good chance to evaluate the young players and newer guys and see who might step up into those starting roles later on in the year or next season. Eagles wide receivers seemingly can't hold on to the ball during training camp. As an eternal optimist, I choose to look at this as a half-full defense instead of a half-empty offense. Our defenders are intercepting the ball left and right, and when they aren't, they're ripping it away from the offense. 
Plus, are you new here? It's not all that surprising. We saw it all last year and didn't make any big changes to the receiving core to expect anything else. Tim Tebow is now trying his luck at professional baseball. Why are people mad about this? The whole NFL thing sort of got away from him with the emergence of Manning in Denver, aside from his small, short stint with the Eagles. But he's still in peak physical condition, and I applaud him for at least trying to do anything he can to keep an athletic career going. Plus, I think it's time we can officially kill any and all Tebow back to the Eagles talk that may exist in the deepest, darkest corners of the internet. And finally, if Lane Johnson thought his amino acid was approved. When you're playing for over 30 million in guarantees, you either need a clear approval from the league or the NFLPA or whomever, or keep it out of your body. When that much money's on the line, it's just not worth it. It also is not worth it for the Eagles offensive line. Hello, we're already struggling there and now we're out of tackle? Sure, that'll be great. For BGN Radio, I'm Alexis Chasen. James, I mean, she thinks she thinks preseason's meaningless, but uh, she doesn't care because she's still excited. And I think we should be a little bit excited, even though the defensive Tebow really needs to stop at this oh point. Oh my god! I think we can agree on all that. It is. Can we get a new cycle without him in the damn off season? Once, Dude, I, I, I seriously, I want him to move to fucking Mars or something. Like, ser- <laughs> get away from me! If I never hear that guy's name again. I will be so much happier. And you know me, I'm a baseball guy. Like, stay away from the sport. All right, bro? Like, come on, man. Just get the fuck out of here. Gary Sheffield already saying oh, he knew in one God. sweet swing that he'd make the majors in two years. Like, uh, listen, I'm I'm not... Tim Tebow can do whatever he wants. Yes, I'm not saying sure. that. But at the same time, this is... Just like the Eagles thing last year, is 100% calculated. Yes, it's a joke. It is, it, it is and, all and, for and show. Stop yeah, and stop trying to just get you know, oh, you're just hating on Tim Tebow because he's a Christian. I don't care at all what he is. He's annoying and he's fake. That sorry. Yes. I mean, like I that, that's it. He is fake, John. Uh, and let, let me go a step further here. And the whole thing of like, you know, he oh, he's such a great Christian and all that. Like, Christians are supposed to worry about what? Like, you know, their lives and being good people and stuff. Like, isn't fame and fortune isn't that something that is supposed to be viewed at as a a sin is that kind of stuff. Like this guy can't stay out of the spotlight, dude. Like, like you're yeah. not a baseball player. You like just, just stay as an analyst. Just, yes, you're already That's on fine. television. Just yes, <sighs> you're actually good at analysts. Or you know what? Go build houses. Go do all the other good stuff that you do. But like seriously, dude. Like just please leave the public alone, please. <laughs> uh, God, well, aside from Tim Tebow, there are some uh, things that we can get excited about this off season because. Uh, look, I know we just kind of said, "Ugh, this season's going to be terrible." But there are a lot of it. Look, like I was just saying, it is not the process, right? This isn't the Sixers where we're going to have to watch for three years until this team gets good. And I'm, you know, I don't think any of us expect that it just doesn't happen in the NFL that way. Turnarounds are very quick, so there are some interesting players, at least I think, going up against Tampa Bay. And you know, Tampa Bay is is not really. Have any slouches as far as skill position players? You got Mike Evans that's over there. Winston had a, a, a very good rookie season coming into this thing. There's going to be a lot of different matchups. And our offensive line still kind of stinks, but you know, uh, I, I think if you're James, to me, if you're going to put a, a pretty decent 
I hate saying the word test because we, we know preseason doesn't really matter that much, but just to kind of see where they're at as far as developing this defense because I know people expect this thing to kind of come out with all fire all, all cylinders firing here and obviously that's not going to happen but I think it as for me to see the front four versus the guy these guys that in this system they should be destroying I guess with those front four and how who knows how many snaps that they're getting that's the first thing I'm watching is to see is this defensive line for real do I believe my own hype and think that they can be special is that what you're looking for too Yes and no, John. <laughs> yeah, first and foremost, I really, 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 really have trouble looking for things in, especially in the first and fourth preseason games. Fourth preseason, you're just looking for guys who might make those last roster spots or whatever. But um, in the first game, I'm just looking for football to be back honestly like I just want to see some guys go out there and run into each other and whatnot but I don't I really don't take away too much um it, more so I take away physical ability you know someone's really fast someone's really you know um you know strong things you notice as you're watching but I'm not watching specifically for someone to like the defensive line to stand out and and dominate first of all don't don't get carried away that Tampa Bay O-line is actually pretty decent and and had a solid year last year and spent their first two picks on on O-line last year and uh, Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet and Ali Marpet Ali Marpet semi true eagle semi yo should have been true again <laughs> but it actually had a really nice rookie year down there uh you know Evan Smith is a really good I mean they've got a, a decent line down there so I actually think it's a bit more of a challenge than you would expect but regardless um yeah look it, will it be fun to see that, those D linemen just fly up the field and start hitting people if that happens yeah it will but uh john i'm at the point where after um the faded amazing all-time epic day in green bay last year in that third preseason week that shall remember we shall remember forever till the day we all die we in fact i'm going to be buried with the newspaper with the box score from that game in my in my casket with me that's how much that game meant to me john um so yeah i'm not doing that again like i you know i Honestly, like no joke, like I'm excited. I'm excited to see a ginger haired guy. That that's number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, all the way to ten. My first ten exciting things are are whatever ten things Wentz does on the field. I don't care about anything else. But I, I'm excited to see youth more than anything because, as I discussed before, uh, I want this team to be doing everything they can to focus on being great when Wentz is ready. Um, so I want to see the Millses, the Rose, the you know the younger guys, Big V. I want to see how those young linemen do, especially in, in wake of this this lane news. But um, I'm really not going to really make any hard, fast, legitimate um, analysis, assumptions, whatever. I'll you know you'll see some stuff, but I, I really need to see it in the regular season. I'm I'm not falling for any more preseason magic at any point this year listen what what basically what james is trying to tell me and should and tell you eagles fans is to not have a soul <laughs> right that, and to not do took anything away from that that's good. that's good and and basically just be like yeah it doesn't matter look overreact it's okay because we haven't we haven't had the teat of football for a while here i think it's perfectly okay to do that but listen if you get excited about one get excited about something get you know, excited why, 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 why get excited? Uh, why would you, you know, not at least like, hey, that was really good. If something good happens, get excited about it. You know, if, 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 if Jalen Mills is out there making great plays, Eric Rose making great plays, do that. If Wentz has some uh, a 50 yard bomb to, I don't know, Josh Huff to open up their series, great. Like, that should, that should, you should, 
you should do that. Just but also have a little James in you too, and just you know remember that. Uh, all right, it doesn't mean everything, but you want to see something. You know, you want to see like okay, uh, is is it valid that Jalen Mills should be where he is uh, ahead of Eric Rowe at the depth chart, which which Doug Peterson confirmed this week. So all the NJ.com guys that were saying like, hey, this is this is a thing, which I didn't initially believe, but the coach is, is right there on the podium telling you, no, yeah, that's that's how it kind of worked out. Uh, and it's it's disappointing too. And I know Brandon's pointed this out on the blog all week, who's done a fantastic job this entire training camp. And it was even uh, shouts to him because <laughs> he was in the, and the Eagles video department, which is always MV, the MVP of the season. There's a shot of BLG just holding up uh, the, the Facebook live uh, video during a, a Doug Peterson press conference during the journey, I guess that's what they're calling it, which is like the uh, it's the good. Hard knocks they've done it thing. a few, so yeah, good. they've done it a few years over there. Like uh, that that whole team, the the Eagles video team is is the best in the league at that stuff. They're they're terrific. Totally with you, John. But but that's my problem with your statement right there. You just said two blatantly obvious things. You're like BLG doing a great job. When doesn't he? And then the Eagles <laughs> video team doing a great job. When don't they? You know, I'm you're just gonna, saying constantly just, uh, the MVP uh, of the assume season. Assume these John, these are not like preseason performances. We can assume that these things are real, okay? Fair fair, (laughs) fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, and I totally forgot where it's going. Oh, no, because I wanted to see uh, those things. You know, Blank Counters is making plays. All right, well, let's see it. uh, Jimmy Kemsky comes out and says, Stephen Means, right now, if training camp ended, would win the spot over Marcus Smith. And I know that doesn't mean a lot, but there's also a huge deficiency at defensive end, which... I've been screaming about for five months and ever since the, this was an idea of, well, where are these guys going to play? And it's the same thing with the defensive tackle rotation as well. So I, there, that, that whole thing is wide open and linebackers too. Let's get into that for a second because Jason Locken four last night says, Hey, uh, Eagles have been uh, in serious talks with a lot of different teams or vice versa, or however you phrased it with tight end for middle linebacker. And we know earlier this week that Stephen Tulloch was in heavy negotiations with these guys. So, first of all, a true eagle might land finally after three years that Stephen Tulloch. And by the way, uh, we have uh, some beautiful true eagle uh, t-shirts in our BGN store. So head on yeah, over to the buddy, BGN radio store. You it, can get mugs. You can get t-shirts. It, it, they're beautiful. Is Plaxico Burris on his way into town as well, John? Oh, or is, yeah. that, is that is that a next flight in or <laughs> he's still got some he's still got some <laughs> mileage in there. Don't you doubt it for a second. So yeah, I mean, so that I think it kind of be interesting because as much as we just said, the only tradable pieces that you have, Zach Ertz, not gonna happen. No. Uh, 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 uh Selleck, I mean, maybe, but the only guy I really look at is Trey Burton. Agreed. And I kind of would want to hold on to that because I don't. I, 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 <laughs> what are you getting? That it's more like because we we both have said that we are both you know as far as you can be a fan of a, of a undrafted uh, rookie uh, who's been made you know a couple special teams plays and a couple you know nice catches in two years. Uh, we're both fans of Trey Burton. I like what I've seen from him. I like the versatility he brings when he's on the field in the offense. Uh, this is a team without a ton of versatility when you look at the guys they have. So I I do love. Uh, I like that they have Trey Burton, but my question is, what are you going to get? Like, what linebacker are you getting for Trey Burton, John? And, and no in, idea. Yeah, so in that case, like, why am I trading Trey Burton for... Again, I don't... This goes against everything that I want this team to do again. I feel like I don't want a move that is a, a, a let's make this team better right now move. I want them to say, all right, we like this linebacker for the next 
five years. All right, let's try and trade someone for that or whatever. But my point is, I fear that that this team is really trying to win now too much. Like, look, I have no problem with trying to compete. Not the best division, whatever. That's fine. But it just really seems like this team is really making a a, a hard effort to do everything they can to win this season. I think that's silly, John. I really do. Yeah, it's so do I. I, I think that to give up anything like unless they're talking about who's the other kid that's like definitely not going to make the team Palante or whatever his name is who's been having an awful camp if you want to do that for like depth reasons that's that's great right, but, but what are you getting I, for that I mean are, yeah who are you I, getting? I would, I'd rather you just sign a, a one or two year deal with Stephen Tulloch yes, and, and just figure it anything. out later yeah well, let's say a one year deal with Stephen Tulloch yeah let's, let's probably, just go with one let's, <laughs> let's go with one <laughs> I'm just saying if you need to throw a dead horse out there for depth no but it, it it's a great possible. it's a great point it, it really is because it's uh it's a Again, and it goes back to, and I know that, like, you know, both, you know, Lori wants to be relevant again. He's made that, you know, or at least we know that, and he's made it somewhat clear, and all, every single beat writer in the uh, in the city has said it many a times. He wants to be relevant right now. Howie, you know, is Howie. And, and Doug, I think, wants to come in and win right away. And um, I, it's, it's frustrating, man. I really wish there were a little bit more um, foresight, or at least seeming foresight in the sense of, like, I just don't know why you have to put everything into to to making these types of moves to compete now. I I really am just uh, I'm I'm really the whole thing befuddles me. It perplexes me. I'm trying to think of other words that are the same as befuddling yeah. and per- perplexing and confusing. But that that's really the take. I really I just have zero idea what what the plan is. What and we remember John. We were on on the fanatic last year doing our Sunday morning show and then. You know, the chip thing happened and all went down. We kept saying, we're like, where's the plan? What's the plan? What are they trying to do here? And and it felt for a little while there with Howie and, and the moves he was making and, and the signings that that there was a plan. And and now it kind of feels like it's shifted the other way again. And, uh, and some of that might be, you know, you know we can't like, can't blame Lane John- Johnson on any of these guys or, you know, some Truth. of the stuff. Yes, said, like we, 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 were, we were there for, and that's the things, you know, I think, we never had a problem with any of the signings that were going on here. I think those are things you need to do here. But it does kind of feel like a little bit, and maybe it's maybe it's not just him too. I feel like Lori's in on this, uh, and there's sure. just you know they they finally have their bankroll back. They're sitting down at the poker table. They're a little antsy. They're going to play do seven, you know, and just and just kind of like and and see if they can <laughs> work it out. Sometimes, uh, ah, yeah, yeah, let's play that hand. Let's play. Yeah. I want to play. I want to play. So I think I think there's an element to that there, but we don't know. I I I really honestly couldn't answer, James. It just it does. I feel the same things you're feeling. I I also want to just see how this kind of pans out a little bit too. Like I don't want to get. I, I I know we tend to get like, oh my god, what are they doing? And, and freaking out as Matt Matt likes to say. So I think there's there's definitely a lot of that going on in this episode, and I get that. But I I, I just I I feel the same things. Like I I want to see where this goes, and if they have some restraint here, where they are. They're not going to give up. Like we're already pretending like Trey Burton is on the block, (laughs) but it's, but, but, but logically it's really the only guy that's kind of on there. So we'll just have to kind of wait and see, but I, I would not, I would not definitely not do that because, and that's one of the guys that honestly, James, I'm, I'm really looking forward to because I do think he was very underutilized with chip. Uh, And the, and the fact that anybody had a notion to put him at fullback because that take was going around for a while. You're insane. Like you're an insane person for even thinking that at one point because this kid has way more athletic ability than John freaking Coon. Okay, like that—that that is that is not what he's about. Way more. No, he's and, a, he, John. That's he's a really athletic kid. It, look, yeah. you've seen it. Like the, at, 
this kid is going in and blocking punts on special teams yeah. and stuff. I mean, he is a serious athlete with legitimate strength and legitimate speed and and can catch. So, you know, there there is a role for him somewhere in some offense. An H-back role would be interesting. I mean, there's there's ways you can utilize him. It's just a question of how creative they're going to get and, and how much they're willing to utilize him in a versi- versatility type of role. And how are we not excited to, I mean, not really excited, but interested in seeing the offensive line tip. Well, yeah, that's... The guys that's that, I mean, yep. you have to now. Yeah, like, now you it's... have to know, well, what, is there somebody that's going to be there? Big V! You know? <laughs> yeah. that, I know see, ben... look, that's the beauty, though. If you put Big V in there, then you can make flying V references. Oh, and, my gosh. Oh, all God. day long. We might... We get, we get a, yes, we'll get Emilio Estevez. We'll fly him in to do a coin toss or something one game. It'll be a whole thing. All right. We love excited. that. Uh, we want to see what uh, you guys are thinking, though, too, so let's get to some questions. <laughs> Hey, BGN Radio. This is Ben Natan, the lead draft writer for BGN. And I wanted to stop by to tell you that my brand new show, Ginger Genuine Draft, is now live on BGNRadio.com. I'm going to be talking about the NFL draft and college football all season long. And to get us started this week, I did a defensive preview of who I like in the SEC. Is Florida churning out three studs to the NFL next season? Is Miles Garrett the top dog in the conference? Hop over to BGNRadio.com to find out. Of course, yes, once again, big shout-out to Ben Natan on his debut. 2,000 listens in the debut, so congratulations. Wow, it was mazel, nice. Mazel. Uh, and uh, let's go uh, to the phones immediately. Let's go check in with our good friend, Mr. Stephen Lee. What's up, BGN? Stephen Lee checking in from West Palm Beach, Florida. And with the first preseason game, a mere two days away, uh, the question I had for you guys is if there was any, like, one really under-the-radar player that you guys are kind of low-key excited to see on Thursday. Obviously, you know, we all want to see how um, Jalen Mills or uh, Eric Rowe looks, but I'm kind of excited to see Alex McAllister. You know, the knock on him all throughout the offseason is that he's freakish, but he's a little light. So I'm excited to see him go against some, um, you know, some real NFL tackles and see how he fares there. Uh, so thanks as always, guys, for taking my question. And uh, I really like Ben's episode, the Ginger Genuine Draft, as well. So keep up the good work. Thanks, guys. Oh yeah, all right. The uh, the under and T he agrees with the the Ben Natan. He likes the show, so we'll try and try and keep that going. By the way, we have a couple more shows that are debuting. Of course, James James is uh, is gearing up even today as we record this. Yes! Sigmund Bloom, who is a fantastic so fantasy writer. Over the football outsiders is going to be a part of the show each and every week. We're going to pick his brain fantasy wise. We're James is going to resurrect this week in fantasy, so that should yeah, be buddy. out uh, pretty pretty soon. Also, so, yeah, our good friend, real Matt, quick, real oh, quick, yeah, go ahead. Sig, Sigmund Bloom, uh, really, that's awesome stuff, Johnny. Johnny set that up, and and football outsiders. That means we're getting smart yes. fantasy talk for you. We're bringing it smart that's style, right. not me or John, but Sigmund is smart. Uh, and uh, Matt Daring and Trevor Strunk, uh, also known as Egobon, because that's that's how I always refer that's to good. Well, Johnny right here, right Woo-hoo. here. That is good work, right uh, there. And um, yeah, so they're doing uh, they're doing an interesting show that uh, called "Don't Go to the Phones." I think we've settled on that. We're making the logo. We're okay. doing all that stuff. It's basically. Basically, to tone down the hot, it's the, it's the anti-hot take show, and to make fun of that, also just the weird oddities of being an Eagles fan, Eagles Twitter, all the social aspects of being an Eagles fan is, is going to be right there for five minute you. ode to Earl Thomas every episode, exactly. maybe ten minutes some episodes. They're, they're making they're, they're, it will be they're making there. fan fiction right now about Ozzie Newsom, and it is fantastic. So, oh god, it's it's so I can't I can't I'm I'm begging them to let me be a guest on the show sometime. <laughs> I have not gotten the invite yet. 
yet, but I'll do whatever it takes. I'll I'll, I'll buy them dinner, whatever. I uh, all right. So Stephen is asking one underrated, uh, you know, not player, I guess, but one underrated aspect of the preseason. Who is your eye on that maybe nobody's talking about right now? It's a, a really good question, and um, I, I like uh, you know the uh, McAllister idea is, is a good call because he is a very athletic kid and a Florida guy down there. But um, um, sure, no bias I, from our good friend Stephen, who's from Florida. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Stephen is a Florida guy, so so not surprised to to hear that. But I'm going to go a different way, and um, I, I mean, first of all, you mentioned it, John. And I think we could just say as a blanket thing, like seeing how this O line thing plays out because um that that's kind of changed the focus of everything because without lane you know god damn don't let it be yeah. matt tobin i'm sorry <laughs> to upset you there john but, you know it's like i can't watch that guy play football every week this year i just corn can't do it. pork loin uh, yeah god shoot me in the uh, face um all right but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go a different way and i'm gonna go with those backup linebackers um a guy we've known for a while, but Najee Good, Joe Walker. I, I want to look at those guys get in there because that's a spot where there's a real lack of depth on this team. And, uh, you know, with Hicks and Kendricks, who, uh, you know, and, and and I think watching Hicks, which I, I know you've talked about a lot, that's obviously priority number one is he is uh, one of the most important parts of, of that defense already. Um, but I worry about him and Hendricks, uh, him and Kendricks staying on the field. Um so I think that depth behind them is a kind of an interesting thing that you'll get to see a fair amount of in this first preseason. And with Smallwood out, and there's look, there's a lot of guys out. Kendricks, Matthews, which we haven't touched on yet, and I'm sure we will in just a minute here. Jenkins, uh, Shepard, Peters, Sharp. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of empty spaces still, even with some of the younger guys that are on here. So I'm really still interested to see Byron Marshall. One, because I had a semi-hot take, and I actually think that yeah, there's a possibility that he'd get more playing time over Smallwood because of his versatility and everything else, but that could end up just being really great special team or whatever. But with that there, uh, if he has similar hands, I actually have seen a couple of people that think they, that he has better hands than, than Smallwood, and that's a great problem to have. Uh, but I would like to see what exactly... Uh, they have in store for him and if he has a shot at the outside looking in because listen as much as the the running back situation might still be an issue with talent there's there's still a lot of them there so I think he's going to be fighting for every inch and special teams is is definitely wide open as they're still looking for returners kind of everywhere after Sproles is going to be done and who knows what's going to happen with Josh Huff. all right let's go to the next phone call check in with real, real quick Johnny I have one yeah. more and it's it's more of a of a funny one but is it going to be Scott Graham calling the games because I'm dying to hear anyone say Aziz shit too <laughs> on the air yeah, that's all I yeah. want I just want to hear shit too get right left right left to shit too again <laughs> he's shitting on him oh my goodness you know something like that Sorry, all right let's go to Philly Mike hey guys this is Philly Mike I got a quick question about Bradford and I'm sorry dead horse but I don't understand the whole contract thing at the end. So let's just pretend we're in a magical world where Sam Bradford has skill position players and he's not playing for his seventh offense in seven years and the heir apparent isn't breathing down his neck and somehow he has somewhat of a successful year. I keep hearing from people then the opportunity would be to trade him in the offseason. What? Why would a team give up anything for him if they know that the Eagles would probably just cut him and they need to be signing for a longer-term longer deal. Um, I don't get why, playing from the other team's perspective, why they would give up anything for value when they know that the Eagles will just end up cutting him. It feels like a Okafor-Noel situation if that ever happened, which it won't because Bradford won't win. But anyway, just to clear that up, I was wondering how that's going to work. Thanks. 
Okay, so I know, yeah, I appreciate it, even though he makes fun of me all the time for talking about Bradford. He has a Bradford question himself here. I agree with you, Mike. (laughs) And and there are are times here where I think the Eagles fan base seems, and we touched on this just a little bit earlier, but the the fact that, you know, people think that Bradford's going to have this high trade value at the end of the year, which I think we also need to start reconsidering, like, Probably not. I I would guess that you're <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're going to see a, a combo pick type of deal like five seven or four six or something like that at a max, right? I don't think anybody's going to pay a third or a second or a fourth, et cetera, et cetera. Like they're not get, they're not going to do that for the second time in a row. They're not going to be like, oh hey, the Eagles paid a second, let's pay them back the second rounder. I I just don't think. That's going to happen. I think one single pick, I mean, maybe you could squeeze a three. Howie's really good at duping people, and that that could happen. But towards the, I mean, that's that's really, really optimistic. Best, best case, yeah, I yeah. agree. Uh, so there's not enough I, leverage for the other teams. Like, like they, there's just too many reasons to believe that you could get Bradford for cheaper, for free. I mean, not free, you have to pay him, but in terms right. of not having, like, it, and again, unless he he brings them to like the NFC Championship game this year or something like that, I just and, and again I do not see that even getting close. <laughs> yeah. I just don't see how he has enough value to really demand anything legitimate. Yes, uh, and with that said, and he raises a good point. So what? Even though I I do think that it's going to be a very QB hungry off season next season, so there is a potential for I I think there there will be a, a market for him. But even so, it was it was semi that way this year, and we noticed that yeah maybe you know like the, the Jets might have been interested or somebody else might have been or Denver might have been interested in doing a something, but it wasn't going to be for anything. So you know unless they I, and and from that aspect I understand holding on to Bradford. Somebody was just holding on to a seventh you know or sixth or whatever they were offering, but. I, I do think that there's a possibility <laughs> that they would just cut them and then somebody would pick them up. Essentially, then leading into again this is another freakout scenario because it's way far down the line. We don't know what's going to happen. But if he were to get cut and then somebody were to pick him up, what was again? What was the point of holding on to him? So I don't know. Do you think that there is a, a higher market for Sam Bradford at the end of the year? No, I don't. I really okay. don't. I, yeah. I mean, look. I think I think what it is is I think that that's the way it plays out, John. I think, and I don't know whether. Look, I don't. I don't think he's going to have a great year, particularly, just not necessarily all his fault, but everything around him, especially losing Lane. I mean, I think it could be ugly. Uh, but regardless, um, I, as a result of that, I just I don't see anyone giving you anything for him when they, they can wait on you to clearly cut him because um, I, the Eagles would be stupid to think that anyone is going to believe unless Carson Wentz maybe comes in the last game of the season and is like the worst quarterback we've ever seen with our two eyes. Um, I just don't know how anyone would actually believe that they're not going to get the job at the end of the year. Yeah, uh, and uh, and yeah, that's right on. I just I I don't see it either. I've said that since the kind of the deal went down. Uh, moving on to Twitter, our good friend Eagles Intel. That was a good question. You're running for presidency. Uh, you have to pick a co-host as a VP and one as a bodyguard. <laughs> and, that's a good uh, so, one. And then also, who do you want to run against in the crew? Uh, wow. So I'll let you take yeah, care of that one. Well, well Johnny, I'm going to go with you as my VP. Uh, you know, uh, my my guy here, we do the show right. together. I, you know, I, I, it, that's the thing is I'm really doing it to get you out of my way, to let you handle stuff for me, and then I can go, <laughs> you know, gallivant around. It's a Selena Meyer type of thing we've got. Going. Okay. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> uh, BLG will protect me because he's seven foot five. 
Um, so that's always a good way to protect yourself. And then I'm going to run against Ben Natan. He's, he's 20 years old. Are you kidding me? I got yeah. 14 years of life experience on the guy. I mean, I, <laughs> I think I'll just run circles around him in the debates and, uh, not because he's a very bright kid, but again, a kid, you know? So, um, so I think plus, I mean, have we ever had a ginger president? No. Will we ever have a ginger president? No, they're gingers. <laughs> it's just the way it works. And I married a ginger or a daywalker or whatever. There you so go. I could say that. Uh, I'm going to stick with it. I'm actually going to flip it because I think I, I think either one of us would get ourselves in trouble if we were each other's Ooh, vice that's presidents. That's true. That, we could get, that's true. We could get a little rowdy up in the White House. So BLG is a cool, one cool customer, that's and like, I'm just going to I'm gonna leave him as VP because I think he'll do a fantastic job at that. But you as the bodyguard because then, I, you know, if either one of us get riled up and, like, accidentally punch somebody in the face, then it's not like, oh, my God, can you believe he picked this guy that's as a, a running point. mate? It's a good point. I, I, it's a good and, point. Also running against Ben just solely because he's young and inexperienced and there's there's we could probably send him into a tizzy. Yeah, and, and uh, also it's not Ben's fault because, you know, you can't run against yeah. Patrick. He's gorgeous, right? Matt, and then you can't Matt's run against Matt. Smart. Matt's like a, a, a literal <laughs> genius, like, yeah. you know, like boy genius turned adult genius. So yeah. uh, it's no offense, Ben. You're just, It's your youth. You know, it's going to hinder you in this That's case. That's it. That is it. Uh, Ego most likely to win. A gold medal that's coming from our good friend Demetrius Brooks, who wins it. I'm going to say we'll go Darren Sproles, maybe in a little uh, little 100-meter dash or like something. That. My, my issue with that is his legs are so tiny. It's like the little, like, patter, 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 <laughs> patter, right, patter, you know? But like there's Usain, no Hussein Bolt. Yeah, Hussein Bolt's but, out. I mean, there's got to be some other six-foot-five dude with these monster legs that's just <laughs> galloping. Is like little Darren's trucking next to him. It's funny. It's like when my two dogs walk. You, you know my dog. I have a 10-pound dog and a 30-pound dog. And the 30-pound dog takes these, you know, pretty big normal steps, and the little guy's just trying to keep up. Paddling his little legs going. I feel like that's the Darren Sproles situation there. <laughs> so who do you have then? Well, sadly, they don't have a, a, a medal for magic. Otherwise, I could take Dorenboss and feel there pretty go. good about it. But um, uh, let's go with Big V. I feel like Big V, you get him out there, put a shot, put in his hand, teach him just even a rudimentary, uh, you know, how you spin around. Not that I know anything about the shot, but I feel like Big V is throwing that fucking thing pretty far. <laughs> all right. So I'm going nice. Big V. Nice. I like it. Uh, going to our good friend, Brandon Wolf. Do you think that in next year's draft, look, we're already there. We're already there. We're having <laughs> the breezes. But this is what this is what Lane Johnson News does. Do you think next year's draft, the Eagles will go running back like Delvin Cook uh, or Fournette? Or do they replace uh, offensive tackle uh, like Peters or something like that? I, I, I don't. Well, for one, they're not going to be in high range to grab either of those two guys, at least I think, unless one of those guys, you know, I don't know, gets injured or uh, gets arrested for doing cocaine or who, who knows what else might happen through there. But um, I would think they would go offensive line uh, first. If Again, I, even, I wish Ben was here because he could probably chime us in on, on a lot of different college linemen that are that – I don't know if it's a really strong class for that, but I would think just overall they would probably go offensive line over running back to start because they, you know, sm they drafted Smallwood. There's a couple other guys that are back there. I'm not saying that they wouldn't, but I don't know. James, uh, offensive line running back next year. It's August 10th, man. <laughs> I don't fucking know. That's my Fair answer. Enough. Look, Fair yes, enough. look, 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 look. Right no, no, now, no, we, no, right yeah. now, thinking about the future, yes, those are two positions that you're going to need guys moving into the future. So sure, but um, I, I would I would lean with you, I would guess, O-line before running back, but sure. They, I mean, they need skill positions. I mean, they got a lot of offensive needs, so uh, who knows? Uh, good friend Turtleneck. Uh, a little bit of curveball. Best pizza toppings. Whoa. I'm going to go with... Uh, Wait, just meat. period across the board, or is it together? Yeah. Like best like, just, combo? This is a really well, tough one Well, it's, well it's, it's plural, so I'm going to say 
the best co- uh, look i'm a big fan of like any type of supreme anything just mm. anything you can throw meat black olives onions and things on i'm i'm game for but most of the time anything black olives and meat i'm 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 in for i love that Oh, wow. Like, you could not have picked something that I hate more than black olives. <laughs> I love everything, too. It's very funny because, like, I'm, like, basically, like, everything but olives and, and like, you know, there, there's a cut. Like, I'm not a huge mushroom guy, but pretty much everything else I eat. So, um, yeah, so too. yeah. So, um, I, uh, I, I'm a big, like, pepperoni, onions guy. I know that's kind of simple. I, I'm a big Hawaiian guy. I can go pineapple and ham, any of that type of stuff. Um, I'm pretty easy, but, um... Let's go. Let's go. Pepperoni and onion as as a base go to kind Oof. of move. Ugh. Oh yeah. See, look at <laughs> you. You're going. I can't black just. I gotta olives. have the compliment. I can't have the. I gotta have the compliment of like. I can't just put onion and a and a something on there what like there mean? has to I, be. I could eat. I could take an onion and just take bites out of it raw. Are you kidding all, me? All right, freaking. Oh my ri- god. Riggs uh, onion is or the, uh, onion, I don't know onion is the best food on the planet. No, it's up there. <laughs> by the way, Listen, by the way, it's a shame that Trent Cole doesn't play for the Eagles anymore because he would have been the perfect answer for that uh that Olympic question. They got a pistol event, they got a rifle event, anything with guns. Oh, and, yeah, it's right. Oh, it's such a bummer. Anyway, I know it's a good. bit of a, a non sequitur, but but I love that Olympic question so much and I've literally just been looking at the roster and trying to think of a better <laughs> answer. It's like driving me crazy and, and the cold one popped into my head as a former guy, so I figured I'd throw it out there. Great question. Uh, uh, last one from our good friend Dan Schmidt. Uh, the most important question, he says, oh, what did we do to deserve this? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, there's... Uh, Wait, well, John, well, is he uh, talking about the podcast or the Lane Johnson thing? I'm not sure. I'm sorry for recording this, Dan, if that's what you're talking about. Pro- probably both, I would assume. And we, uh, had to, we had to do it twice, too, John. So. Yeah, I know, I know. So uh, I will say, uh, I'll leave this in. Uh, this will just tail into my final thought here. Um, there is a... Just because change happens, and we all want it, it does not mean that it's a good thing. You know, I understand fully that Chip Kelly wouldn't have worked with obviously the, the tension that was going on. You're a lot of the different vets that are going there. I'm sure we could do an entire episode on Brandon Graham saying that he was going to be replaced and we can go down that road one more time. And yeah, so Chip Kelly's so awful and bad and blah, blah, blah. I understand that. I understand it wouldn't have worked here. And that's not what I'm saying either. What I'm saying is the change that comes in after that, we automatically sell ourselves that this is going to be a good thing. And sometimes it's not. And you're starting to see maybe, maybe, possibly that this is not going to be a good thing. Now, we have to also reserve ourselves again to wait for some football to actually be played here. But with Lane Johnson's incoming suspension, with everything that else is kind of surrounding this, the kind of weight that is on Carson Wentz's shoulders here, and it is because we're already deeming this kid franchise quarterback, and there hasn't been time for even I mean we're, we're, we're talking about a guy who we're comfortable sitting for seven games a year whatever it is and we're already putting that label on him at the beginning of the year and I'm just going to reemphasize again I know that probably going to get a, a little bit of shit for this but there is no difference there isn't a large difference between Carson Wentz and Paxton Lynch and Connor Cook and Jacoby Brissett and uh, we'll throw in Goff in there, too, even though I think he's the worst of that crew. And if you watched Hard Knocks last night, oh, boy, is uh, is that going to be a, a dumpster fire? But this is this is where we're at now. You know, you, you made the decision to kind of do this thing and, uh, <laughs> and, and do it with a bunch of picks because you needed a quarterback. I'm still very reserved on 
all of that happening. But you also have to give this kid time and stop labeling him what he is not. He is not a franchise quarterback. He's not. What we need is a top 15 quarterback. That's it. Let's focus on that. Let's look at his development and getting better, his mechanics. Let's make sure that middle-of-the-field accuracy is there. Let's make sure his footwork and his arm work and his release are all better. Those are the things you need to be rooting for. The younger kids and what's going on here is what you need to be rooting for now. You are in rebuild mode. You have to find the pieces that are going to be here in the next three years along with the core of Cox and all those guys. And who knows what's going to happen with Malcolm Jenkins and McLeod and the and and even Jim Schwartz. Who knows what's going to happen? But we, what you need to focus on is the young guys that are coming in here and Carson Wentz and what they're building around them because we're, we're there now. This is it. We have to give the time and hopefully the front office also recognizes this uh, and is is very selective from what they do here forward. If Lane Johnson's not here, then you really just got to sit back and go, okay, let's root for the young kids, and let's hope that the rest of the draft picks in Carson Wentz's class, in this draft class, are going to be here in the long term. That's my final thoughts there, James. Yeah, well, how about we talk about something that's actually fun for this season? Fantasy football, baby. hey Mentioned it before, Twiff is back. I'll, I'll take this moment to just say, uh, if you're into fantasy football, if you like listening to us, or um, it, who cares either, just listen anyway. We're going to come back with Twiff. Uh, yeah. Sigmund Bloom is the man. It'll be smart. It'll be fun. It'll be uh, entertaining. Uh, and again, it's something that, guess what? You can compete this year, unlike the Philadelphia Eagles. So. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see all the different shows that are coming here. So tune in to BGNRadio.com. You can also tune in Thursday, tomorrow night, if you're listening to this uh, before then. Uh, well, Thursday into Friday, midnight to 2 a.m. I'm going to be doing the post-post game show, I guess we'll call it, on WIP. And uh, we'll have the replay there for you, along with our own post-game show and thoughts and things that are going on there. So for James Seltzer and, of course, myself, John Barcher, I want to thank you for listening to episode number 178 right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com, fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcasting. We thank you for choosing ours.